also a supermoon. Uh, I mean, not everybody agrees on that. I guess there's some different definitions of supermoon. But one definition I found uh, says that a supermoon is a full moon at perigee. And perigee just means the closest point to Earth in the moon's monthly orbit, uh, occurring within 90% of its closest approach to Earth in a given orbit. Uh, which means there's four supermoons this year by that definition, March, April, May, and June. Uh, but some other definitions say it's only April and May. But uh, I'm I'm going to go with it's a supermoon because I like supermoons. Uh, they're they're bigger and brighter. Um, but really, if you if you go out and watch the moon rise uh, any any night, it's going to be bigger and brighter. So it's kind of a supermoon all the time. It's a little little trick. Uh, Anyway, I have a super show for you. That's really the main reason I'm I'm, I'm going with uh, It's a Supermoon. Because I have an interview uh, live, went all the way to Wales in the UK via Zoom to talk with Fagner and Cass Gestalden of Puppet Soup. And I have some terrific music for you by Cindy Soprano Webster. Uh, so let's let's jump right in. Thank you. 
That was Heart and Saw by Cindy Soprano Webster. Hello, Mr. Bear. Uh, hello, welcome to the Violet Hour. It's so nice to meet you, Fagner and Cass. Oh, nice to meet you, Mr. Bear. Nice to meet you, Mr. Bear. Lovely to see you finally. Oh, it's, it's lovely to see you. Thank you so much for, for joining me today. Uh, I've got a lot of questions for you. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but first, uh, can you just introduce yourselves and say a little about who you are and what you do and how you met and, you know, just, just your life stories. <laughs> oh, to the whole thing then. Okay, we are uh, Cass and Fagner. I'm and, Cass. And I'm Fagner. Yeah. And uh, we run a puppetry company called Puppet Soup here in the UK. We're based in Wales. Yes, um, and we met many, many years ago. <laughs> um, and we've been running Puppet Soup for about 15 years. Puppet Soup offers workshops, shows, and uh, courses, scholarships, yeah. courses, courses and classes. Community, community projects all across the UK and now online around the world. Yeah. And um, I'm from Wales, from the UK originally. And, and I'm from Brazil uh, originally. But Fag Fagna moved here because the weather was so much better obviously in Wales and <laughs> in Brazil. Of um, course. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we know it's summer because the rain is warmer here in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's very handy to know. Yeah, and um, we both uh, studied puppetry at university together. Yeah, um, on the university called the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama in London. Yeah, and um, we make lots of different shows. We tour around the UK in normal times, but in these times, of course, we're all locked away and locked in. So um, no We've been touring. doing lots of work online this last year. No touring, no performances. Uh, we're all very excited to start doing it again very soon. But, yeah, but we've so enjoyed being able to do all the things online and be able to meet so many amazing people from around the world. Of course, you included Mr. Bear. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're really excited to be here today to find out more about you as well. And, um, you know, how, how did you get into radio, Mr. Bear? Oh, who's interviewing who? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just just kidding. Uh, I got into radio with uh, my pal Stumpy many years ago. Uh, we had a show called The Secret Lives of Stuffed Animals. Um, and uh, we, we did that for a long time till, till Stumpy, Stumpy moved away. And then uh, I started Mr. Bear's Violet Hour Saloon and I did that for a number of years. And then now I've, I've relaunched as Mr. Bear's Violet Hour and uh, I follow the cycle of the moon. Amazing, oh, wow. amazing. That's really fantastic. It's, uh, I'm sure it's going it to be- It sounds very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. And I'm sure it's going to be a popular, popular radio program, Mr. Oh. Bear. Thank you. Um, I'm going to start with a real easy question. What's a puppet? That is not an easy question. I, I know it's a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> what is a puppet? I think it's, it's interesting to consider what's not a puppet as well. Because you can think everything can be a puppet. Hmm. You know, what is a puppet? Yeah. A puppet, you know, some people say, oh, it's a uh, uh, object or thing um, manipulated by a puppeteer but then 
does it have to be is it is it an object is it a thing um you know what is the the anima in um the puppet and of course Wagner especially doesn't like the word um manipulation do yeah, you? I, don't. I, I don't like it either a, no. puppet, a puppet for me could be a being or a spirit or an anima that is placed all around us and manifests its life perhaps through us but when it's not alive it is there just waiting hungry to become alive again so that's what's a puppet for me that's a beautiful definition are you a puppet bear well see that's that's one of my next questions uh <laughs> what do you consider the difference between a puppet and a stuffed animal well, well I'm just talking <laughs> to a bear now. Yes. So be careful how you answer. <laughs> like I said before, a puppet, the animal of a puppet is everywhere. So, and is there hungry to be to to manifest to manifest us in in life. So a stuffed bear can be a puppet. Yeah. On his own right. So yeah. there is no difference because a chair can have anima. Yeah, good, good answer. Uh, I agree. I uh, I am not manipulated, and uh, I am. Well, animated. I am. I am alive. I am alive. I'm very real. Yeah. So it's quite nice when we talk about puppetry. You know, to perhaps one of the words we can use is animation. Um, you know, in the for in regards to anima, and having everything having a life force in it. Um, so that's quite an interesting. Uh, idea is you do definitely have anima there. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so speaking of anima, can you can you talk a little bit about breath and puppetry? Breath and puppetry. Mm. Well, as a puppetry performer, one of the things that we use to be able to work with our puppets is sharing of our own breath which means the intention of breathing into the in, into the puppet, into the object. Not literally blowing. We're not going to sort of, no, you know, get a, a tube and blow into Mr. Bear. No, no. <laughs> don't panic, to, Mr. Bear. Don't panic when you're going to, to reach you. <laughs> not like that, but to try to, to try to give it. That's one exercise that we do. It's very, very interesting, which is trying to bring a piece of paper to life. And how, how do you do that? Is... So yes, the start of it is basically trying to get that paper to breathe. And then from there, we just let the paper take over and show its anima and, and become a creature and, and, and just become alive. But at the beginning, the very point of start is making the paper breathe. And when Fagner says making the paper breathe we usually mean that by the puppeteer interacting physically with the paper um, so that may be touching the paper and giving it a breath in a puppeteer manner um, rather than willing it to breathe because sometimes that can take a while yes and imagine <laughs> of course that the puppet is breathing with you yeah. so every time you take a breath as a performer the puppet is, is breathing too 
Though if, if your puppet is hyperventilating, then, you know, that <laughs> the puppeteer can... <laughs> might be as well. <laughs> the puppeteer may be on the floor and everything could go wrong. <laughs> uh, so. So, slow, slow, deep breaths for everybody. Paper yeah. and puppets. Yes, yes. Good, good, good plan. Good plan, Mr. Bear. So if somebody listening at home wants to try animating a piece of paper, uh, they should just take a piece of paper and... Yes, Mr. Yes. Bear, if, yeah. if, it's, if, it's, if it's a newspaper, try not to read it. Turn because it upside that's down. Not work. The way it works is through trying to bring that puppet to life, to sharing your breath and trying to listen to what the paper wants to do and what shape the paper wants to take. And you have to be on a state of mind, a little bit like a child play, where the children start creating a, 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 a narrative. And this narrative has like a, a, a power of, there's a life of its own. So you just need to be able to really let go your concentration and, and follow what the material wants to do. It's quite fun. It's quite fun. I, I love that. It's, um, that's wonderful. I think it's hard for a lot of people to, to let go and play and listen definitely it's a really difficult thing to do and you know trying that out with a piece of paper could be really fun so you know maybe using your hands to try to get a breath rhythm into your piece of paper first of all and then maybe your piece of paper wants to move around maybe your piece of paper starts to shape into different shapes you might see on your piece of paper that there is a point of focus where your paper can see the world be around him around the paper or it uh and and then it you have to follow it you know and the paper might become curious might be angry might be cheerful might be mischievous might want to fly might, might want, want to swim might want to look around the yeah. room or the space you're yeah. in um, it is an exercise that every puppeteer that work with puppets performing have do have okay. done has done and 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 occasionally do it again <laughs> well thank you for sharing that i think uh i hope i hope some listeners uh try this at home and, and <laughs> so I, I hope, so I hope more more puppets and puppeteers are born after this show of course oh, yes. yes yeah puppetry is <laughs> a really joyful thing mr bear you know we're talking about it very seriously now but anyone who's never tried to make a puppet or or done any puppetry it's a really wonderful type of art form that encompasses all other art forms you know you you might enjoy making or sculpting carving crafting sewing painting whatever it is puppetry has that in so it's it's a really broad-ranging art form and it, it's wonderful even if you only like performing then you know there's just performers in puppetry as well yes, as people you can be who just a puppet things. performer yes yeah you know so it's a really joyful art form for all ages as well everyone from children to adults can can get involved and we encourage everyone to as well as you mr bear yeah i um i don't know about puppetry uh i do the radio show i i've been in films before um but uh i've I've been I've been thinking a lot more about puppetry lately. Uh, have you done any shows with teddy bears in them? And if not, why not? We have a show called Arthur the Bear King, Yerath Frenin, um, which is um, uh, a theatre show which has loads of bears in it. Um, they aren't teddy bears; they're bear puppets um, that were made 
um they they don't really look a lot like teddy bears but they definitely look like bears um so you you would fit right into that show mr bear to be honest that sounds amazing Uh, and it's um the word when when can i audition (laughs) as 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 soon as as we can perform yeah as soon as we can perform you can come and um, be in that show (laughs) if you'd like mr bear i would Um, love to (laughs) and um arthur the name arthur uh, the word arth in Welsh, in the Welsh language, means bear. So King Arthur, um, the inspiration for that story, um, we, we came up with the idea that Arthur would have been a bear king um, because the word arth meaning bear. Oh, that's um, incredible. Yeah, so um, so we, we've really enjoyed doing that. And, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure that Arthur was, in fact, a bear. Um, so I'm sure you come from a distinguished line of, uh, of strong bears. Strong yes, bears. Yes. Bear. <laughs> uh, are you working on any puppet shows now? We are actually working on. Um, it's going to be a piece of. Um, it's going to be videoed because of the current situation at the moment, and it's um, a new educational mini series mini series um, yes called um a cabin cray which is the creative cabin um and it's for it's a free to access resource for schools young people educational establishments i mean it's got a a great fun chicken puppet in it i'm afraid that one doesn't have a bear in um one day and there's a, a <laughs> puppet maker which is a masked character in that and they they live together in a, in a chicken shed um <laughs> and have fun making puppets together and different crafts as well. and different crafts all from household objects really yeah all from recycled material find at home yeah um, that so sounds that... wonderful like that's exactly the show i was looking for all my life so that'll be fun and we've um we're rejigging some of our existing shows to be able to perform outside and to be covid secure um which is a little complicated because some of our shows have you know four or five people performing in who would normally be from different households from all over the uk so it's difficult at the moment to put everybody together in one room yep, so, so we're trying to reduce the number of performers yeah and raise the number of puppets yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> to make it more complicated mr bear so um yes but we have lots of plans we, we're planning to make uh, a proper theater that we can take outside yeah so um by that we mean a, a sort of a theater caravan we've been very lucky to acquire a very large outdoor performance tent um, so we'll have that and a hopefully a theatre caravan in the near in future, the near future. But I, because in the UK our restrictions may be a bit different to where you're located Mr Bear things are quite uh, we've been in lockdown since before Christmas again with our second or third wave here um, wow. so restrictions are very very tight nothing's open only essential shops are open here yeah um so and schools have just reopened um so so that's all that's open so shows and things can't go ahead in any format currently um apart from online um but we're hopeful that outdoor things can go ahead in the summer yeah very soon yes hopefully people will get vaccinated and situations will improve and we can can get back to other kinds of performances 
Um, but uh, a traveling puppet caravan sounds amazing. Oh, yeah, um, sounds can I can I move in? Oh, yes, yes. yes. Not, yeah, I don't mean, take up much space. No, no. They, I mean, you know, there'll definitely be sort of, you know, a couple of little cupboards and things in there. And we could make one of those really cozy for you, Mr. Bear. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Do you, do you have always... like a bed that you sleep in or do you sleep in a drawer or a, a shoebox or oh, you have a large, no. you know, oh, four I have a pink corduroy beanbag chair. Oh wow. oh, wow. Yeah, that would probably fit in the caravan. Oh, it's very, very soft, squishy. Nice and soft and squishy. We, we, well, the only problem with that, our two little dogs might try and, you know, sleep they, on the bed with you. Or they might rip it open and then all the little things would come out. Oh, yeah, that would be that, not, oh, not oh, great. Oh, would that it? wouldn't be good. No, I'm a little, little nervous about dogs. So, so maybe I'll get a small separate caravan. You, okay. we, could tow, we could tow you behind with the little caravan so we could have, you know, the our van, our, our van oh, and then the caravan and then your little caravan have behind a train. us. I, I have a dream of, of having um like a little ice cream truck, but I maybe it would have some ice cream too, but uh it would be for puppetry and poetry and performance. Oh, wow, that's um, amazing. And actually the, the Greek word for ice cream is pagoto, so I still get the P sound. Puppetry, uh poems, performance, pagoto and and plants and plants. Yeah. Wow. Maybe you can drive around with loud music as well, nobody's gonna complain. Yeah, it would be wonderful. The only, the only thing is, I don't, I don't drive, and uh, uh, my my human drives. I mean, she knows how to, but she doesn't really drive either. So, uh, looking for a driver. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, we could drive you, Mister Bear. You know, we wouldn't mind. Fagner drives more than me, to be honest. He probably wouldn't mind. I but, wouldn't mind driving. No, no. But no. with us being in the UK and and you being in the states, it makes it a, a little difficult. Yeah, yes, it might not be difficult. the ideal taxi service for you. <laughs> well, well, we'll work on it. Uh, what's what's your process like for developing a new show? Shouting at each other until the show's ready. Pretty much. <laughs> um, but, no, see, when we when we um, when we create puppetry, we whoever's in our team, obviously, people have kind of things they're good at, like a designer might be good at designing, you know, the stage. The I hope so. Puppets, you know, well, hopefully they would, but we'd also expect them to contribute equally to the devising of the show. So everyone in the room, the idea is that everyone has an equal say, regardless of their role. Um, so we create the show as we go through rehearsals mm -hmm. and uh, everybody can have a say on what's happening and we can create things, throw away things and the things that we find that is interesting, we keep and uh, when we're happy with it, we put it to a, a, a group of people that watch. Like a normally, trial normally, audience. A trial audience. Yeah. Normally a school that we work with and then we can see their reaction and then we go back to rehearsals again, mm. back to a different group until we're happy with the show and then we put the show on the road. Yeah. Um, we always do lots of um, mock-up puppets oh, yeah. before, generally before making the final puppets and we do all our rehearsals with mock-up puppets. Mock-up puppets, cast saying is just literally anything. A piece of paper, uh, an old box of a cardboard. A puppet from another show. A sometimes. puppet from another show. Sometimes something that will move in a way that we think the puppet 
should move afterwards just for us to be able to practice and study the movement on the stage. And to check we don't end up making 10 puppets we don't actually need. Yeah. Um, it does help a lot, you know. Um, Do any have of the, the mock-up puppets get um, get sad that they don't get to be the... Uh, no, sometimes the, no. the mock-up puppets sometimes get, get, get look after a little bit more and become the real puppet. More oh. often than not, actually. We usually end up so attached to them. Um, then we sort of jazz them up with a little bit of an yeah. extra touch. And of... they work so well, we just add a little bit better mechanisms on it. Yeah, and, build them uh, to last a build, bit more. Build a little bit more and they become, what, what was a mock-up at the beginning becomes the real thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and lasts for years. Yes, <laughs> some of our puppets that were meant to be mock-ups are still touring eight or nine years on. Um, oh. I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Well, sometimes they do break and we fix, yeah. you know, they break again and fix, you know, the but, life of a puppet. Yeah, and there are some mock-up puppets that don't make it to the big shows, uh, but we do keep them. It's not the we, life for everybody. No. no. <laughs> that's it, you know, some of some of these puppets, they, they're great for doing the rehearsals and things, but they just don't want to go on the road. Sure. You know, yeah, we have some... to be considerate of that. Exactly. Uh, before before all the shouting um, part of the show creation, uh, do you start with a story idea? Do you start with how do you assemble your team? And um, I start with an inspiration, one idea, very loose idea. And uh, like for example, Cass have the idea of the Bear King because of the name Arf, like she explained. And we went with that, and then from that we start studying in. with uh, about Arthur the King and start to study about where in the world the mythology of Arthur is is appear in the world in which books and then we read the books and then from these stories we start building up the blocks to create the, the show. Yeah and like Land of the Dragon we just came up with the name um, and Land of the Dragon Gladathraig which is a it's a bilingual show English Welsh um, all about Welsh mythology um, and we, we just worked from the name of the show and we... of course then we went to rehearsal and to rehearsal and to research onto the mythology of Wales yeah. uh, the book of the Mabinogi which is the Welsh fairy tales and, um, um, they're not very Disney they're quite no, dark no. <laughs> <laughs> sounds got... right up my alley yes, beautiful stories on that Bear. book and uh from this book, we just pick and choose lots of stories of it and uh, yeah. just made a show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we usually, to assemble our team, we usually kind of know how many puppeteers we might want performing in a show, whether it's three, four, five, however many, um, you know, because we, we say, okay, well, the show will probably be touring to these locations if it, if it works. Yes, and we meet a lot of people we work with when we go to universities to teach. So sometimes there's a lot of emerging artists that come to be to be the designer, for example, mm. to be the sound maker, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the tech. light design, the tech. Yeah, so. and then sometimes we um, meet artists through other artists and we say, oh, do you want to come and do this show with us? And um, we meet people on our courses. Sometimes we invite people just to come around to see one specific point of the of the show that we, we want a, 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 another opinion so that yeah. could be a person that comes from from a critic uh journal journal what's the name of him the critic that came the reporter 
a reporter oh. used to, crit to do critics for theater came to see part of a show and uh, we got this opinion board and so, that's the way we do it yeah um and it's, it's nice we sometimes if we need a replacement performer then we we put a, our feelers out and ask around um trying to find because sometimes we need welsh language speakers or um you know people with particular puppetry experience um and if we're in a in a rush then we quickly call around all our performer friends and yes. say ah can you come and do this show or you know do this with us um so yeah it's it's fairly collaborative and and fairly open we don't have too much of a formal process no no because we find that kind of uh, crushes your creativity a bit if you're too set in your ways with uh, everything you do mr bear and every show is a different world it's a different story so yeah don't fall asleep bear sorry Oh, I'm not at all. I was just going to say, if if you need if you need any um, novice bears who are very old and um, and far away and have to work virtually, uh, I'm available. Oh, amazing, Mister Bear! That's just, really wonderful. Just add me add me to your list. Yeah, um, sure, we will. Definitely. Do you do you have any favorites among your puppets? You know, like. Um, uh, people have favorites among their children even though they don't usually admit it <laughs> well we ought to put some earplugs in all the puppets around i do i really do i have um uh i love dog puppets i really love dog puppets mr bear um and i'm afraid yeah it's it's a dog not a bear i do have to that's confess a, that's okay i mean dog dog puppets are great dogs are great and that um that dog puppet I perform in Land of the Dragon and it I'm sorry I don't have it here to show you today, Mr. Bear. I'll send you a photo if you like. But it's um it was a mock-up puppet that became a, a touring puppet and has toured with us all those years and is made out of plastic bottles, uh old drain pipe that we found in a skip and um sacking cloth and plastic bags <laughs> i would love to see a picture of this and he's all, he's all just sacking cloth on the outside and when when dog isn't being performed it doesn't really look too much like a dog but then when dog's being performed the whole audience absolutely loves dog because dog moves so well and and really loves being a dog um which is wonderful when a puppet loves being the thing they're trying to portray as well as enjoys being a puppet um do you have a favorite puppet? favorite puppet my favorite puppet yeah it's probably the next one i'm gonna make <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer too <laughs> <laughs> because i enjoy making puppets yeah he really does what what puppet are you going to make next? I'm making a little marionette next, which is designed and developed for a course, which going to be is designed to be very, um, how can I say, affordable and accessible to make at home because I intend to teach that marionette online. So I need to design in a way that people would be able to make it a marionette that works using materials that are not very expensive and also if they have never made a puppet before they will still be able to achieve the marionette yeah but without losing yeah. out on 
learning the technical aspects of marionette construction and design and, and design and, and build and, 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 and handling yeah and, and handling and handling yeah yeah i've um i've tried uh working with a marionette before and um i'd say strings and me are 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 not very compatible <laughs> you, 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 let me see your little paw mr bear have you got separate fingers oh no oh, yeah it, it does make it a little bit but more not impossible but not impossible you could manage a marionette i'm sure maybe it's just the size of marionette maybe you needed a, a shorter string marionette mr bear maybe or maybe some guidance yeah Instru yeah instruction i'm sure you'd be brilliant oh that's that's very kind of you ah oh, i'm <laughs> i'm sure uh i i tend to tangle strings a lot Oh, Mr. Oh, Bear. Yeah, they are very tricky. Once you've got them tangled up, then it can be a disaster. And and then you get tangled up in, in yes. the strings. And I they bet. like to tangle themselves up. So yeah, I, I bet. Um, can you <laughs> can you talk a little bit about Lombi Lombi? I don't know Lombi if Lombi. Yes. I love Teatro Lombi Lombi, but for uh, my listeners who might not know what it is, can you talk right. about what it is and why you love it? Right. Teatro Lombi Lombi is a form of puppet theater that have 31 years have been invented or created in Brazil by two artists, Ismini Lima and Denise de Santos. So they created that form of puppet theater when they were developing a show about birth. But they thought the subject of birth was too intimate to be shown on a, on a, on a theater as in a normal stage. So they create the show and put it inside a box. So basically, Lumbi Lumbi Theatre is a small show that is inside a small contained space, sometimes a box, sometimes uh, uh, other shapes. Other shapes. Things, you yeah. know, let's say a box, people imagine a box, a square box or a rectangle box, but they can be shaped as, as, a, as a globe, they can be shaped as a triangle, they can be shaped at whatever they need to be shaped but it's a confined space yeah and they're quite unique because yeah. they they are um so just one audience member watch first time watches at a time yeah. um which is a really interesting yeah. concept so it's and like the going shows, to the theater yeah and it's the like going are... to the theater just for yourself which is really magical and each very intimate yeah mm. each performance of the lumbi lumbi theater is normally very short two to five minutes of length only and like Cass says one person watches at the time so it's a very intimate experience for mm. for the person watching the show for the puppets performing the show and for the artists performing the show with their puppets yeah and just to explain to your listeners Mr Bear because they won't be able to see so imagine looking into a box into it almost like the shape of a cardboard box would be the, the classical Lamby Lamby shape. And that might be placed on a tripod and you'd be looking in through a hole in the box and inside there'd be a miniature theatre world. You'd be probably given headphones to wear and um, so that you can hear the music yeah. um, and the performer may be standing on the other side of the box performing with perhaps miniature puppets. It could be their hands, they could be using digital media, yeah. shadow puppets, yeah. inside of this Inside of the Lumbi Lumbi Theatre, mm. there are all the tricks of puppetry just on a smaller scale. Yeah, yeah. 
So you can see and, any type of puppetry. Yeah, and it's a very popular form of puppetry, becomes a artistic movement now. Mm. And uh, there are countries like the whole of South America, there are countries in Europe that taking over Lumbi Lumbi. And now the USA is taking over uh, the idea of Theatre Lumbi Lumbi and making Theatre Lumbi Lumbi as well as the UK. Yeah, it's, it's really wonderful. And it's, it's very um, good for artists to, to think about doing Lambi Lambi because it's affordable, it's achievable, you have complete autonomy um, on the theatre, on the lighting, <laughs> on the sound, on the space, on the puppets, on the performance, on all of that. And it works really well in these times where, where we are sort of in boxes really a lot, we're staying inside boxes, but it works quite well on, on a, in the digital versions of it as well because you can fit that size of puppet theatre in your home, on your desk, yeah. on your as table. As a creative process, is not only interesting for the artists who make art to make mm. Teatro Lambi Lambi. Anyone, Anyone can get interested and make Teatro mm. Lambi Lambi yeah. and, and create their own theatre and tell their own stories to the people yeah. around their house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, grandparents for grandchildren, grandchildren, parents for children, parents for grandchildren, uh, grandparents, you know, there's all, it, it can be for your family inside your bubble, um, as well as uh, artists looking to perform for an audience. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Um, That's very exciting. And you, you teach classes on this. Can you tell people how Ooh. they could take classes from you and where they can get more information? Yes, well, thanks, we do Mr. take Bear. Bear. We do we do teach Lumbi Lumbi courses. We have many Lumbi Lumbi courses throughout the year, and uh, we always have the information on our website, which is www.puppetsoup.com. So it's a puppet like you perform with, and soup like you'd eat. That's a delicious name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Bear. <laughs> Uh, I can also vouch for uh, watching my human take classes from you, and they're wonderful. Oh, oh thank yeah. you, Mr. Bear. <laughs> as as um, human goes, you guys are pretty great. Oh, Your you, human was very, very exceptional doing the um, Teatro Lambi Lambi Bear, and we enjoyed your human's performance enormously. Though um, it would have been great to meet you on the Lambi Lambi course, Mr. Bear. Perhaps um, maybe next, should... next course, maybe. Of course, yeah. I mean, I, I, you could probably do miniature puppets really easily, Mr. You Bear. You could be inside of one of them, Yeah, I mean, you could even go in the box, Mr. Bear. Or is that too cheeky? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, the, I, I don't, I'd need a, a decent sized box. I'm not, yes. I'm not a huge bear, but I'm, I'm not tiny. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be too crowded in there. I mean, it would be quite amazing for people to look in and then find and you. see me <laughs> you know when they'd be expecting sort of you know something else perhaps completely and there you would be yeah um i i like this idea thank you <laughs> my, the wheels are spinning um what do your puppets smell like um oh. let's give one a sniff well that one um smells of freshly drying clay um, and slightly musty from the fabric because um, I think that fabric's been in a bag for a little while so it's a bit musty. I think um, some of our puppets smell uh, smell like they've been in the storage a little too long this last year so they'll be looking forward to coming out and performing when they can. 
I have a dog puppet oh, yes. that I made out of recycled material, namely a old pair of slippers, and it smells like a dirty feet. Yes, <laughs> which is very appropriate <laughs> for the dog puppet and our own uh, real dogs really thought that was interesting to sniff that puppet. So, and th those those slippers had had a the good name of few that years. dog puppet is Slipper. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I like that naming style. Oh, I think you can tell by my own name. Yes. How, how, how do you smell, Mr. Bear? Um, let me see. Um, I think I smell. I'm not really sure. It's hard to smell oneself, isn't it? Well, I would, I would just imagine. Sort I smell of... like worn out fabric. Yeah, I imagine you smell loved, Mr. Bear. Yes, thank you. That's why I don't have any fur left. Do you get buffs, Mr. Uh, Bear? Bite your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Our puppets don't get buffs, Mr. Bear. No, no baths. Actually, that's a great question, yeah, about how do your puppets feel about baths? They really, they, they don't really like don't yeah. like bathsness no. there. No, I uh, mean, sometimes when we're performing and we're going inside a venue, outside a venue in Wales, it rains all the time. You yes. know, even when it's sunny, it's liquid sunshine falling uh, as what some would describe as rain. And, and the puppets do get a bit soggy, uh, but they don't want a bath or a shower. So they just kind of absorb that rain and get more musty. Um, but they, they really they really don't yeah, like baths like are not not high on my list baths no no, no, Just, no, no. most a damp cloth yes a damp a damp cloth i think is, yes. is okay isn't it it's um it's acceptable. fabric spray thing yes fabric freshener maybe yes well mm. that's a little too many chemicals for me probably yes mm. yes not good for you mr um, bear but wise for some of our puppets occasionally when they've uh, been on for a long time maybe maybe a little uh vinegar with some like lemon and rosemary yeah, essential that's oil that sounds much much better mr bear <laughs> a little a little a little spritz but you know stay away from the febreze yes yeah absolutely stay away stay away from the febreze don't want that getting in mr bear's eyes do no, we no 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 that's terrible no can't have that I've I've heard that you have some thoughts about puppets and death. Can a puppet die? Ooh, I used to think that, but because if you think about an actor on the stage, when he die, we sort of know that he's pretending, isn't it? He, she, or they? He, yes, sorry, he, she, or they. Uh, but when a puppet die on the stage, and when the touch of the puppeteer ceased to be on the puppet it's like the puppet really die on stage so it's not a lie isn't it yeah so we have quite a few but shows that our puppets um are performing and sadly during the show they die and that is a very powerful it's thing. Sad, it's dramatically. <laughs> well, it's dramatically, but I mean, you know, when we're talking about puppets dying, that is sad. So it's a very powerful, yes. it's very powerful thing that puppets do on the stage is to die. But then, that said, like I said before, if everything can be a puppet and the puppet is very hungry to just be, and when they're not being, 
alive. They are just, they're dormant, just waiting for the next time to be alive. So they never die. But then, I mean, you know, I suppose if you set a puppet on fire or put it through a wood chipper, yeah, but it's is still it dust. alive? It's still dust, you know. So when, when, when can you actually destroy a puppet? A puppet? Yeah. Um, so, mm. so that's interesting. But certainly from a, a stage point of view, they do death, shall we say, yes. better yes, yes, yes. Um, than, uh, than perhaps their human counterparts. Yeah. Um, I should say that idea of the, the, when the puppet actually really ceased to be is a research that a friend of ours, Cariad yep. uh, Ashley from the UK, which is a doctor of puppetry, she's been studying and, and writing about from, yeah. from there. And it's a really interesting concept that the, the puppet is, you know, just dormant, like our, our puppets in the storage at the moment. We've got so many... <laughs> puppets in the storage they're not dead you know they're just waiting to get out there and perform again just because we're not um performing with them yeah, and what about doesn't mean the, they're yeah, dead would you say it's network? like cryogenics you know like like freezing a body absolutely that's Could a really be. good way that's of thinking of it because it's quite a, an ego thing isn't it to think oh the puppet's dead if the puppeteer isn't animating it you know that that's really the ego of the of the puppeteer and the performer. Oh, that's a good question. Um, so when the when the puppeteer die, does the puppet he made die also? You know that that's well, interesting. If a new puppeteer comes and works with the puppet, is it the same puppet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. because the progenitor <laughs> of the of the puppet is has gone. Um, so that's it's quite a but an interesting but thing. It's still to the same about. puppet. Still the same puppet, but does it? have a, a different soul now you but then know? that's a thing of the ego isn't it we think like the, the puppeteer again, that's yeah. be the life of the puppet have a life of his own so, so the puppet's still the same yeah yeah it's a very philosophical conversation that we got into now but more but more questions i i love this philosophy of puppetry i just started <laughs> reading the um the original pinocchio by carlo collodi which i'm it's sure you're book. familiar with uh, yeah we have a small show based on we've got a teatro lambi lambi um based on that it's not book we call yeah. it geppetto's workshop yeah um so i've that's... seen it it's lovely oh, oh thanks yes. mr bear, thank bear. <laughs> and what what do you think about can a puppet die um yes and no mostly no but i, I think they are well, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> okay. All, all the things we said. I mean, if you if you watch a, a puppet die on stage, like you say, it's very powerful and moving. But then the puppet still exists. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, the spirit of a puppet can, can continue on, I think. Uh, Does that... I wonder if puppets can go to heaven if they yeah. always exist. Maybe they're trapped. Oh yes. You know, that's <laughs> something to think about. And as other, well. another question is like, when does the puppet starts to be, and where? You know, where? When do they come into being? How do they have their their anima put into them? You know. Do they, ex they have they always existed since the beginning of time, and that bit of clay was found, and then 
you know, throughout millions of years prior, they're just waiting to become a puppet. Um, and that, that anima is in there, and therefore is that anima partly clay. So did not the Bible say that God makes us out of clay? <laughs> yes, are indeed. we puppets? <laughs> These are very good and deep questions. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot to think about. I know. Indeed, oh, Mr. Bear. There are many books around. Have a Google around to find many. Maybe. Yeah, do you have any um, books on puppetry and on the philosophy of puppetry that you'd like to recommend? Uh, there's one very good book from the American writer, Kenneth uh, an essay of Scope, the book Scope. Uh, unc uncanny. Uncanny, That's yes. It. The book's called Puppet, an essay on a uncanny life. Yeah. I cannot uncanny. remember the name of the writer. It, yeah, it's uh, to get the book. Can, yeah. can it, it's kind of can... something. You're right. I've I've read that book. It's amazing. Yeah, we've we've got lots of books on puppetry, but we're both terrible at remembering um, names of writers. Names of writers. <laughs> I mean, it's like with puppets. All our puppets are called sort of you know dog and chicken and and fish and and uh, they <laughs> like your excellent this. names. Yes, excellent, sturdy, solid. Very few puppets get names, isn't it? Yeah. Kenneth uh, Gross. Kenneth, Kenneth Gross. Thank, yes. you. Thank you. Very good, very good reading. An essay on uncanny life, Kenneth Gross. Yeah. Right. Yes, uh, that is a terrific book. I also recommend. Oh, thank you, Mister Bear. Yeah, very, very good remembering the name like that. <laughs> well, I, I just, I just checked Google really quickly. I oh, see. You are, you are speedy, Mister Bear. <laughs> Um, so yes, we uh, we enjoy reading about puppetry and making puppets and performing puppets and uh, and yeah, teaching puppets as teaching well. Teaching puppets is very nice to see people. It's nice yeah. when a, a person that never made a puppet before make a puppet on the first time. The smile and the and the shine on the eyes of the person is is just it's, it's so great to see. And see more puppets it's, come to life yes. is wonderful, isn't it? Um, what, what do you think makes puppetry so magical? Ooh. Ooh, that's a very hard question, Mr. Bear. You are a tough uh, interviewer. Uh, perhaps it just hits us on a primal sort of imagina imagination. Just if you think about the shadows, probably the shadows have been the first puppets in the world, isn't it? From, from cave, cave people that live inside of the, the, the cave with the fire. So they have the shadows against the walls. So probably they tell stories and start using the shadows to tell their stories and maybe there was the first puppet yeah i think you never can know that for sure but... yeah i think like as well we as as humans perhaps our puppets somehow relate to our um our childhood and our our childlike being you know that in some way some bit of us used to play with toys and that that was a completely real world for us. And then as we become grown-ups, we forget what it's like to have that really real world of where the toys really exist in that tea party yeah. or they are really, you know, the little tin soldiers are really going to war. And when, when we do puppetry, it's a bit like that because the puppets really are, they really exist. They, you know, puppets, this is controversial, Mr. Bear. I hope you don't mind me saying this on, on your show, but, you know. I love a little bit of controversy. <laughs> puppets are the only thing that should be on stage. Um, humans don't belong on the stage at all. We belong in our real world, I think. And um, 
puppets are belong on the stage built and exist to exist on the stage and also <clears throat> could be another controversial point god complex that we like to control something so we love puppets yeah because we make <laughs> them make them move and so on yeah. so what do you think <laughs> about about sharing the stage of Ooh. we the do human we, and the yeah, puppet yeah, we, we, we do that yeah. in our shows because um because we we think it is valid to have um to have other types of performance on stage i wouldn't say that no other types of performers should be on stage you know and all all performance is valid all um stagecraft is valid but if you think about it from a logical point of view humans exist in the real world you know and then puppets exist only when they're in that performance world so they kind of really fit in that world um of course people enjoy uh, or humans could um then it's like humans are on the stage performing for the puppets in their world <laughs> yes that's a really good idea <laughs> <Wow>. Mr. <Beth. laughs> yes that's great that's great so you are clever, Mr. Bear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, would you would you like to visit Miss Mousy's apothecarium with me? Oh yes. yes. Yeah. Um, do, do, do we you... need to get in the car or uh well do you know <laughs> what do you know what a theremin is? We don't, I'm sorry. Oh it's um it's one of it's this uh special instrument. It's an electronic instrument that you don't um you don't touch it to play it. it works by electromagnetic fields that's how we travel in the violet hour it's you know in in the real world you would not ride on a theremin um but in the violet hour um we take the yeah. theremin i take oh. the theremin to the moon where miss mousy's apothecarium is so Maybe. if you'll if you'll just hold on we a minute have to come with you how to do the we do moon that well, um, just just give me a moment here to take care of the technical end of things. This will be our like, first trip out from um, from being in lockdown for a whole year. Oh yeah, since last year. Since <laughs> last year, one year and one day, we've been locked up. So we're really excited to do this with you, Mr. Bear. Miss Mousy's Apothecarium. How wonderful. Yeah, just, uh, uh, you know, my, just go, I just need a, a moment for the, the logistics of, you know, getting the theremin ready for us. It's quite complicated. Right, uh, uh, imagine it <coughs> to be very complicated to travel that way. Uh, and to get, you know, to the moon and everything. It's not an easy thing to do at all, Mr. Bear, you know. And uh, we haven't ever met Miss Mousy. I suppose that's because she's on the moon all the time. Uh, yeah, no, nobody's met her um, except for me. Oh, Miss Well, in, I, I mean, listeners have, have heard her, I guess. Oh. Yeah, but she's obviously a very special friend of yours. Yeah. Is she your girlfriend, Mr. Bear? No, we're we're above that sort of thing. I see, I right. See. Okay. Just platonic. Oh, okay. I, th I think I think the theremin is ready for us. Amazing. I'm really looking forward to this now. Are you? Ah. 
hey, Mr. Bear. Oh, wow. You you brought friends this time. Hi, I'm Miss Mousy. Hello, Hello Miss Mousy. Amazing to meet you. How did you all fit on the theremin? I don't know, Mr. Bear said that we could, so yeah, we came. Yeah, so we did. Oh, good. I, I hope it was a comfortable ride. It was fa fairly comfortable. It was a bit jiggly, but, you know. Yeah, yeah theremins these days. Well, yeah. yes, yeah. Well, happily we got here in the end. Yes, absolutely. I'm Miss Mousy. Have oh, you got um, green booties on? I, I do. Oh, they're lovely. Thank I you. I am <laughs> um, a... Um, two-dimensional hand-drawn mouse who's studying herbalism oh mr bear uh comes to visit me now and again and and uh, we talk about herbs and plants amazing miss what what um what uh, are your favorite plants and herbs to to you know sort of i mean oh. do they grow very well on the moon gosh um, well, I have um I have a special um greenhouse. I have, I have an earth house. Amazing. <laughs> so I can uh, I can have all the beautiful herbs I like. I like what most people call weeds, you know, dandelions and violets and ground ivy and chickweed and purple dead nut. All those are all things coming up now in the springtime. Yeah, they wow. they have a lot of uses and um people sometimes I suppose would kill those off and throw them away wouldn't they and um i suppose you you have better uses for them miss Lucy. oh yeah they make wonderful medicine also they're beautiful yes um, yeah yeah, yeah miss mousy and i uh we're we're a big fan of the the you know the backyard backyard blossoms amazing wow. oh do you have a lot in common with each other mr bear and miss mousy uh yeah we both like literature and music and plants and puppets you've got a lot in common yes. <laughs> no wonder you're friends that's lovely yes that's really lovely. and I, I was just trying to think about a nice um tea for for puppets with all this talk about puppets oh, so i was thinking about um wild thyme or just common thyme you can get it at the grocery store even um did you know that um they say where thyme grows um fairies like to visit and live there I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. That's yeah. wonderful. And, um, oh, so, you know, drinking drinking time tea, um, they say, you know, you might, or falling asleep in a patch of time um, helps you to see the fairies. Amazing. So, <laughs> well, and, uh, fairies and puppets would go really well together, I think. And violets. Mm. And you know, the beautiful little violets, those lovely little yeah. flowers. Yeah. Well, those flowers in spring, they're not even the part of the um, the reproductive flowers. Those are secret ones underground. Those flowers we see are just beautiful. They're just for art. Oh, wow. wow. How amazing. But they're How also, amazing. I shouldn't say just art. Art's enough of a reason. Um, but medicine, too. They're very um, demulcent, which means soothing. And... Um, makes a lovely tea and syrup you can eat the flowers and the leaves oh amazing make a make a lovely little fairy salad oh thank you miss Lucy. <coughs> i suppose you um i'm sorry i need some of my tea for the coughing on here it's not any well vi violet would be lovely violet and thyme would both be lovely 
Oh, for, for, yes, to stop me coughing on Mr. Bear's yes. program would probably be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose they used to use flowers to um to create paints and make dyes and things as well, didn't they? Yes, I've sometimes tried that. You can, some petals of flowers, you can just kind of smush and it'll make a color on the page. Amazing. And I suppose you could use those to paint puppets as well, couldn't you? That's a lovely idea. Very nice idea, yes, Cass. Well yeah, done. Yeah, and, uh, Let's try it. Yeah, we should try it. Yes, let's make it some might, it, flower puppets. It might improve how the um, puppets smell. Oh, I, think <laughs> it, I think it would. <laughs> oh, dear, yes. And, uh, and um, have you got any other tips for us, Miss Nicey? With, um... Well, I love to infuse herbs and honey. Um and in, in the springtime, you could take um, your dandelion flowers and your violet flowers and you could and lilacs, and you can um, put those in honey and let them infuse in the honey, and it's delicious. Amazing. Amazing. Yes, I'm going to try Lucy. that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I have to try that. Well, thanks so much for visiting. Oh, that's all You're right, welcome. Miss Mosey. Thank you for having us, and I love sure. your green booties. Thank you. Come back anytime. Oh, thanks, Thank Miss Lucy. We'll be Take back. Care. Yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> Take care, Miss Lucy. Bye. Mr. Bear, do we have to go back on the special... Uh, to get back home. To get back to Earth? Um, no. I mean, we, we do, just... but we don't have to hear it. I see. Oh, we're, I see. We're, so we can just... we're, we're already back. That's how quick it was. Oh, crikey, oh, wow. I didn't even notice. Here we are. Yeah. Yes. I know, the ride, the ride home is much easier. Oh, amazing, amazing, Mr. Bear. Thanks for taking us up there to meet Miss Mousy. It was very lovely. It was oh, so thank lovely. You for, thank you for coming. You're, you're the first, um, the first uh, fellow travelers on the theremin with me. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's an honor, isn't that's it? That's an honor, yes. That really is an honor. Once you've done... Once, second time you don't even feel it. Yeah, it's, it's quite amazing. <laughs> do, you, do you travel a lot on, on the ceremony? Um, pretty regularly, yes. Yes, yeah. I see. It's, uh, it's, quite, um, it's, it's quite an adventure, really, isn't it? It Having... is quite an adventure. Yes, yeah. And what do you have planned for the, um, I suppose it was the official... Uh, I don't know why Miss Mousy uh, kept talking. Sorry, I had her on the phone. Oh, I was I thinking that. Was has, she, has she actually gone or is she still there? She's on the background she somewhere there. She, she was on, on, on the phone. and uh, uh -huh. yeah. oh, yes, Sorry, I had I had to use the facilities, so you know she was taken over for a minute. Uh, okay, right. I was wondering. Sorry, it's tricky with the radio program, knowing obviously who's there and the screensaver was coming on, which is... I guess why lots of technical why we couldn't going on at the same see time. yeah you know sometimes there's some glitches uh with you know the thermon and uh you know but uh yeah, yeah. this i think Miss Mal, she's, yeah she's 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 on the moon uh you know she just uh she just accompanied us uh you know on on the phone on the way down make sure we got back here okay but i don't know why she was pretending to be me but you know i guess she was trying out her acting skills well, I, I did think that she would be, you know, wonderful on the stage with her green booties, to be oh, honest. Yes. And she can how fast you, she can come to, do you have, to perform. Do you have shoes, Mr. Bear? I, I do not. Oh. Yeah. Would you like shoes? Um, 
I'm really more of a barefoot bear. Okay. Yeah. But you're, you're happy and do you have clothes generally? Or? No, I'm really kind of a bear bear. Bear bear. bear. Yeah, okay. But you're I happy do, like that? I you do don't... have a fancy hat somewhere. Oh, a bear with a hat. That's wonderful, Mr. Bear. And occasionally, <laughs> occasionally I like to wear a scarf or a cape. I imagine they would seat you very well. Definitely. Yeah. You um you should have a have a, a wonderful outfit for doing your um your shows and things. When when you've been in the movies before, you said you've been in some films and things. Did you have an outfit then? No. Just no. just my, my birthday suit. Amazing. Just bear. Amazing. Bear bear. That's that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been a real pleasure. Uh, is there is there anything else uh, you'd like to share with our our listeners? Well, we've just had a wonderful time being here today. Yeah. And if you if you'd like to find out more about any um, aspects of puppetry, or you'd like to find out more about a course, visit us at www.puppetsoup.com. Um, we're always interested in collaborating and meeting people from well all over the world. Well done for advertising. I got this spot on. <laughs> Thank you no, so much for inviting yeah, us to come here. We just had and... such a wonderful time, Mr. Bear, and we'd like to we'd like to encourage all of your listeners to get creative with puppets. Yes, really, and, and for you to get creative with puppets, Mr. Yeah, Bear. I can say for everyone, everybody that's listening now, just go and research puppetry and bring puppetry into your life. It's going to be very fun. Yeah loads of fun lots of fun yeah and you know you can tell amazing stories with it um and for you mr bear i you know i do hope that you can overcome the issues around marionettes and you getting tangled with the strings and everything i know that must be challenging definitely yeah yeah i'm 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 looking forward to uh learning more about marionettes and uh you know i'm i've got some new lombi lombi ideas now too Ooh, oh mr wow. bear well, other than you being in the box, yes, that one was. Oh no, I'm, I'm, you know, that's that's my jumping off point now. Oh, oh right. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm going, I'm going in the box, all in the box. Amazing. Uh, you, know, you know, in Lumbi Theater, we, you know, when you go to do art, people say to you all the time, "You gotta think outside of the box. You gotta think outside of the box." Well, in Lumbi Lumbi Theater, you gotta think inside of the box. Yes, I like that, and I think that's a great note to uh, to leave on. Although I could talk to you all day and night. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bear. Thank you, Bear. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
That was Cindy Soprano Webster with Haunted Lullaby. Must be time for a little mazé. On today's snack size interview is with our featured musician, Cindy Webster. Cindy Webster is a music therapist and therapeutic musician working in the San Francisco East Bay. She also plays the musical Saw. An admirer of classical music, musical theater, and experimental music, she creates soundscapes using found objects, found sound, and effects. She has appeared in San Francisco, Dublin, Zootown, and Grass Valley Fringe Festivals, Trees, Film, and several recordings. Cindy has been described as, quote, she can do more with her voice and saw than you can do with anything. Uh, so I'm very excited and happy that uh, Cindy was willing to answer some questions for us. One, what is your earliest memory of a color? My best recollection is when I was probably about three or so. I had a very vivid dream about a giant baby chick hiding under my bed. I can still remember the chick's fuzzy yellow feathers. Two. How did you discover and learn to play the musical Saw, and what do you love about it? Can you explain how to actually play one? How many saws do you have, and do you name them? I saw a band playing at 12 Galaxies in San Francisco, and one of the members played the musical Saw. I thought, oh, I can do that. Coincidentally, Charlie Blacklock, a very well-known and excellent musical Saw player, also manufactured saws, and we lived in the same town. My husband called Charlie and met with him and his wife, Violet, at their house. My husband bought a Charlie Blacklock musical saw for me as a Christmas present. My husband is a metal sculptor, and he thought it would be interesting that we both bend metal as an art form. When I first started learning to play the saw, I realized it was not as easy as it appears. I spent at least two weeks torturing my cat trying to make a decent sound. I love the legato and glissando sound it makes when using a bow and discovering different ways of playing it such as with mallets or scraping the teeth or using effects. I do a lot of looping. I have four musical saws and a lam sonore, singing blade. A musical saw has teeth and a singing blade does not. I have not given names to any of them, but identify them as such. The jack saw from Index Drums. It's a soprano saw with no teeth, so I guess it's really a blade and a pickup. The Lame Sonore, manufactured by Alexis Faucombre in France. I met him at the European Musical Saw Festival in Austria a few years ago. The Charlie Blacklock 36-inch saw, 30-inch saw, and 30-inch saw with a pickup. This one I keep loaning out since the Blacklock family aren't manufacturing saws at the moment. A small Stanley saw I purchased at the hardware store. The first thing to do to play a saw is to choose your instrument. There are several companies that make them, or you can purchase one at the hardware store. While sitting down, place the saw with the handle between your knees and the teeth of the saw toward you. With the left hand, place your left thumb about one and a half to four inches from the tip, bend the saw blade to the left into an S-shaped curve. Use a cello, bass, or violin bow to bow the saw in the belly of the S-curve. The bow should be perpendicular to the saw at a 45-degree angle. To make a higher tone, bend the saw further to the left, keeping the bow perpendicular to the saw. 
To make a lower note, move the saw a little to the right or upright while keeping the S curve. Confused? No worries. Here are some tutorials to assist in successful music saw tone production. www.sawplayers.org slash saw underscore instructions dot pdf and www.udemy.com slash course slash learn hyphen to hyphen play hyphen the hyphen musical hyphen saw. Three, what is your songwriting process and creative practice like? What is found sound and why are you drawn to it? How do you approach composing soundscapes? Lately, I've been doing free improvisation through a Boss VE20 looper pedal. It's a very unstructured process, but I set my intention before I play, which makes it somewhat meditative. Found sound can be collecting sounds in the environment by recording them or creating sound with a found object. I have done both, but prefer amplifying found objects. I have a collection of egg beaters, music boxes, an old-timer coffee grinder, and more stuff that makes very strange and compelling sounds. I amplify the found objects related to the subject of the soundscape. If I am making a soundscape of the forest, I would use objects found in the forest. I found a set of old rusty keys in the forest that sound really great, and think of them as keys to the trees. There was no ownership information on these keys, so I could not properly return them. I loop the sound and add extended techniques of other instruments, such as the hurdy-gurdy, saw, accordion, or maybe voice. 4. What are your five favorite words? What sounds do you associate with each word? What colors? Pellicula. Black and white. The sound of flickering film. Felicon. Benevolent yellow, black, and orange. The sound of fluttering wings. Coelacanth. Seafoam green. The sounds of singing fish. Crustacean. Ocean blue, the sounds of rattling seashells. Patina, metallic blue, the sound of swishing paintbrushes. Five, what are you growing in your garden of obsessions? How to make a good recording. Bonus, if you were a stuffed animal, what would you be? A stuffed pit bull dog because I love them so. Thank you so much to Cindy for that tasty little interview. Uh, and you can hear more of her music at soundcloud.com slash Cindy hyphen soprano. That's C-I-N-D-Y hyphen S-A-W-P-R-A-N-O. And that's our mosaic for today.
was Cindy Soprano Webster with House Concert. And that's the show tonight, folks. Thanks so much for listening and joining me here in the Violet Hour. Go out and take a look at that full supermoon and uh, enjoy some of that beauty and energy. Thank you so much to Cass and Fagner Gestalden of Puppet Soup and to Cindy Webster for sharing their words and thoughts and music tonight. Uh, I'll be back with you on the new moon. Until then, I'm going to leave you with Cindy Soprano Webster's Procession. Thanks and be kind to each other. colonizing, misogynistic, capitalist, homophobic, transphobic, ableist, patriarchy. This podcast was recorded on Potawatomi, Kickapoo, Miami, Sioux, and Peoria land. Text your zip code or city comma state to 907-312-5085 and find out whose land you're living on. Uh, you can also go to land.codeforanchorage.org. For more information, there's also a helpful map at native-land.ca. This is just the first step in developing a land acknowledgement. Let's learn our history and honor the land and indigenous peoples, past, present, and future. podcast was produced in collaboration with the Boston Free Radio Podcast Network, part of bostonfreeradio.com and Somerville Media Center, Somerville's longest running public access media center that enables a vibrant and diverse community to express its creativity, explain its ideas, share its cultures, and foster the individual right to freedom of speech. Learn more about Somerville Media Center at somervillemedia.org or check out some of the other amazing Boston Free Radio podcasts and radio shows at bostonfreeradio.com. Thanks for listening.